Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our lead pastor, Dr. Phil Willingham. I want you to take your Bibles this morning and uh, open up the Luke chapter 1. If you got a worship guide, hey, our campuses have jumped online with us, North Johnson, Watertal, Hebron. They're all here. Come on, would we give a good hand clap to them today? They're watching us, and uh, maybe today, Pastor James, you won't have to preach the last part of my message since uh, they had some internet issues down there last week, but Pastor James just stepped right up, and uh, somebody told me this week, said, Pastor Phil, I didn't even miss your ending because James ended quicker. (laughs) James, if you have to preach this week, go longer, okay? Just do that, but... Hey, we're going to hang out on the questions that we've been talking about around Christmas. Last week, if you was with us, we looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth and how the angel of the Lord comes to them and tells them in their old age, way past the usually the normal time for, for a woman to be expecting and a man uh, to be bearing a child, the angel shows up and says, you're going to have a son. His name's going to be John. He's going to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And Zechariah asked the question. He said, how can I be sure that this will happen? So last week, we kind of built our premise of our story in the message around about trusting the promises of God. How can we be sure to know? And I left you with the thought of just simply that while God is working, you and I many times have to patiently wait on God to fulfill those promises, and God will keep his word. How many understands that? He will keep his promises. And uh, we talked about that today. I want to look at the question that Mary asked when, when the angel Gabriel shows up, comes to her, and, and gives her a yet another astonishing message. It was astonishing when Gabriel told Elizabeth and John, you're going to have a son. They're old. It's also astonishing when this angel Gabriel shows up and said, Mary, a 13 or 14-year-old girl, you're going to have a baby. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and that's how you're going to conceive the seed that's going to be born, the Son of God. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and I'm just going to run through a few verses, rather read the whole story. The Bible said the angel told her that she was to give birth to the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of the Most High. Later, the angel would tell her, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, now those two messages given by this angelic presence in front of Mary, obviously, two things. She's in shock, and she's puzzled, right? Come on, she's, she's in shock that she's being visited by this angel. She's puzzled because what she asked, she asked this question, how will this be since I'm a virgin? How, how is this going to happen? Most theologians believe Mary is just now coming in to her womanhood where, where she would even have the, the natural ability to conceive of a child, 13 or 14, but she's never known a man. She's, she's never been with, with, with Joseph, even though she's, she's uh, engaged to him. So, so Mary simply asked the question, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Now, now here's what I want to challenge us for, and here's, here's where I want us to lean into this morning. I believe that this is a question of wonder, not unbelief. I believe, I believe Mary is curious. She's filled with wonder of how this is going to happen rather than, oh, this could never happen. It's a, it's a what if rather than a what for type thing. So, so Mary was trying to grapple with how was such a thing that it never happened. Now, most again, most theologians believe that what well, we know that Mary is the seed of, uh, of Abraham. She's the seed of David. We, so we know that she had some type of historical context to rely upon 
of what she had been taught about God's miracle power in the Old Testament. She knew about the Red Sea. She knew about the Passover. She, she knew the miracles that God had did in the Old Testament, sustaining the children of Israel. But they have never, if I say never, there, there's never been somebody that was a virgin to be able to conceive a child. It's never happened. So she's asking, I think, out of wonder and curiosity. We, we, we sung the song just a while ago, Pastor Lindsay, the team. Mary, did you know? What, 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 you know, have you ever, again, have you ever thought about what it would be like if you could sit down and maybe we get to heaven, we could do this. Say, hey, Mary, did you have any foreknowledge of, of your baby's personality and, and ultimately what he would become the Savior of the world? Did, did, did your foreknowledge of that, did it help influence your parenting? I mean, think about this. If you knew for certain your child was going to be a certain thing, have a certain job, be a certain person, do you think it might influence how you parent them, how you help direct? You know, listen, regardless of whether you believe this or not, I truly believe if Donald Parents' mom and dad really knew he'd be the president one day, they might have worked a little bit harder with his people skills. Now, I'm just telling you. That, that's just me. Don't, don't get mad at me, but I'm just telling you, hey, Donald, you're going to be president one day. Let's teach you how to, well, I'm just saying. But now, have you ever thought about if, if you knew that? What, what about this question? What, what about asking Mary? Mary, how did you feel when these stinky, smelly shepherds show up in the, in the manger without any invitation from you, and they just show up right after you've had a child. Any woman ever had a child, and you were so excited to welcome everybody just in your room right after the baby? Come on. I guarantee you'll be saying, get them out of my face. Mary, how about this one? Mary, at any point, did you ever yell at Jesus? <laughs> That Mary, at any point, did Jesus ever get on your nerves to the point that you actually, Jesus of Nazareth, <laughs> you know? Hey, Mary, did Jesus ever throw tantrums? Come on. How about this one? Mary, before it was politically incorrect to do that, did you ever smack Jesus on the behind? Come on. What part? Come on. How about this one? I'll give you one more, maybe. Mary, when Joseph is teaching Jesus all this carpentry stuff, did you ever step up and said, hey, Joe, would you leave him alone? He's not going to be building houses and cabinets and stone. He's the Savior of the world, the King of the Jews. Go teach your trade to some of the other kids. Come on. You ever, you ever wondered about that? What about the, see, some of you don't say, I'm, I'm going to help you. So you come to the right place today. I'm going to help you with curiosity. How about this one? I, I want to ask Mary this question. Mary, when Jesus did that wedding thing, we're at the wedding, they're out of wine, and he turns water into wine. Was there ever an incident in you and Joseph's marriage? You looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, this has been a tough day. Me and Joe needs a little bit of juice to drink. Come on. We just, we need to sit down and chill out. <laughs> Jesus, would you, would you just do it again? How about one more? I got one more. Mary, did you go around bragging to other people how special your child was? I mean, Mary, if you had a card, would it say, like some people's bumper zipper, my child's an A-plus student? <laughs> did you have a, on your card, on your little, on your wagon, did you have on there, my child will be the king of the Jews, the son of the living God? It'd be hard not to want to brag about that a little bit, wouldn't it? Come on. So, what's this? Amidst all these things that's happening, the Bible says in verse 19 that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the angel would tell her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you for nothing is impossible with God. 
And after she accepts this angel's message with childlike faith, she simply responds in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Now just think about this. Mary trusts God where she accepts what he wants to do, even though she realizes, I think she realizes, that there are going to be huge challenges ahead. And this is not going to be easy. Listen, there, there's going to be, the, the, there's a possibility that Joseph is going to divorce her because we know in reading the story he thought about it. The Old Testament actually gave him the right to have her killed because he, it would assume that she was had some type of an affair or relationship with another man. So, so Mary, in spite of all the neighborhood gossip that's going on, it's going to take decades for people to actually really believe her story. And I submit to you, there's people today in 2024 that still don't believe the story. There's still people today that still wrestle with the fact, was Jesus Christ really born of a virgin Mary? Was she truly a pure, innocent person? But yet, in spite of all of those things, listen, she held on to the promise of God, and she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be unto me, just like you said. But she started with this question, not of unbelief, but of wonder, how Will this be? Listen, my, my challenge to us today, this is where I think the church has to put herself into this place, is that we have to be willing to look at our culture today and see what the world around us is around us and simply ask out of curiosity, not unbelief, how will this be? How can God send revival in this culture where it seems like it's moving further and further away from, the, from God? How can families and lives be mended together when it just seems like divorce is running rapid and it's just so easy to tear up a marriage license and go somewhere else? How in the world can people that seem to be so bound up with drunks and habits and drugs and things that's destroying them, how in the world can God truly set them free? How will this be? But not out of unbelief, out of curiosity. I'm curious of how God's going to do this. Have you ever heard the phrase, curiosity killed the cat? You ever, you ever heard that phrase? Now listen. That phrase implies that being curious is oftentimes dangerous or leads us to misfortune. And listen, despite what some people probably would like for that lily to be true, that curiosity does kill the cat. Come on, I'm not, I'm not against any cat people here today, okay? But, but despite, listen... Usually when somebody says curiosity kills a cat, it's, it's usually a warning about the dangers of being curious. Curiosity is often deemed as, as something that leads people into precarious places and, and puts us down risky paths. And oftentimes it is believed that curiosity gets us into trouble and curiosity causes us to stick our nose in in places where our nose shouldn't be in somebody else's business. And when we look at our world around us right now, especially from, from the Christian concept, the world looks like a dangerous place right now. And when, 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 you, when you look at culture right now that's going on, there, there, there's, all you see is injustice and cleanliness. There's a poisonous in many ways in our culture today. And listen, for so many Christ followers, it's a scary, complicated place to be. And when God speaks to us and he challenges us of why we're still in this world, why hasn't he came back yet and taken us out of this world? Why has he left us here? And instead of us saying, how can this be out of curiosity, many people say it out of unbelief. How can this be, Pastor? You, you, you don't know my husband. You don't know my family. How can this be? You don't know where I work. How can this be? You don't know my doctor's report. How can this be? You don't know my financial situation. Instead of saying, how can it be out of curiosity, is how can it be out of unbelief? The world is a risky place. Come on. Would, would you, would you, it is. 
But here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It's important to remember that we're not cats. Okay? We're not cats. We, we, we're, we're, just, we're not just animals. We, we have more than just an animal instinct. God created us with minds and with souls. God's created us with a passion and desire to follow him. We are not cats. We don't have to go through every open door. We don't have to climb the, the highest point every time. We, we don't have to pounce on everything that we see. We are not cats. But while we, we, we have to understand that, curiosity, while it may kill the cat in a Christian's life, curiosity can often be one of the greatest life enhancers that you can have going on in you. When you live your life with open eyes and open heart and you're asking God out of wonder and out of faith, how can this be? Because the angel responds to her with these powerful words. For nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. If anything about the Christmas story, it should put us into a place, whether it's Zechariah and Elizabeth, whether it's Mary, whether it be the wise men we're going to look at next week, if there's anything about the Christmas story that should bring us to a place where we are totally curious and we're, we're totally moving with childlike faith, it should be the fact that with, not, with God, nothing is impossible. So my challenge to you, out of curiosity, what if we really believe that? Out of curiosity, what if we truly believe nothing is impossible with God? Curiosity is about exploding our minds and our faith with, with greater possibilities. It's about being people who walk around in this dangerous, broken, confused world, and we walk around, and we're so much full of hope. We're so much full of faith. Oh, I'm going to preach if somebody will help me just a little bit. I guarantee you I'll preach today. Listen, we walk around in this broken world, and we're so full of hope. We're so full of faith that I don't care what we're facing, what we're looking at, what the report says, what the condition is. We can look at them and say, with God, nothing is impossible. We serve a big God. We refuse to settle for how can this be in unbelief. We say, how can this be? Listen, studies tell us that one of the first and simplest emotion which we discover in the human mind in our children is curiosity. You ever thought about that? Kids? When they up and they start moving around and they're crawling, listen, what do kids do? They grab at things and the, one, the first thing they want to do is grab something and go right to the mouth. You know that? The kids just bump, bump, bump. No, 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 don't do that. No, 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 you grab, you, you run. What is that? It's curiosity. It's one of the first simplest emotions that is discovered in the human mind. And yet culture says that this culture right now is one of the worst cultures in taking curiosity in our kids and killing it. We squash it. We want to put everybody in the box. We want to put everybody in the row. You got to do it this way. You got to think this way. You got to behave this way. Come on, now listen, we have some great teachers and educators in this church. And listen, I admire your tenacity and your willingness to, 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 to be able to teach in our culture today. I'm just simply, I'm talking in general as a culture. We have a tendency that our hands get slapped so quick when we're curious. Why do you ask so many questions? Well, it's because I said so. That's why I don't ask so many questions. What is that? It's squashing curiosity. Listen, studies say uh, there, there are various there's advantages of remaining intellectual curious as we get older. There's a number study 
There's a number of studies connecting traits to, of, of curiosity, tracing it, connecting it to improving our cognitive function. Maybe that's what's happened to our current president. Maybe somebody don't want him to be curious no more. It improves. Yeah, my president jokes ain't going nowhere today. Right? I'm sorry. Forgive me very much. Listen. It, curiosity improves our cognitive function. It helps our mind work more logically and efficiently. Many authors have, a, have, have argued that curiosity actually makes us more intelligent, enhancing our critical thinking skills, making us more likely to question assumptions and challenge beliefs. How can this be? Not out of unbelief, out of curiosity, Mary said, i got to see this. Be it unto me, just what you said. I can't. Oh, I know, I know I've got a lot of things I've got to deal with. But listen, curiosity causes us to question assumptions and challenge belief. In fact, Albert Einstein actually stated that curiosity is more important than intelligence. Can you imagine that? Sometimes Miss Rhonda and I are talking, we're doing certain things, you know, and, and, and I'll come up with an idea and she'll look at me. She said, you know what, you know what, Pastor Phil said, you know, you're, you're just simply so smart. And to her, I look at her and I always respond. I said, thank you. I was just so amazingly gifted. And then after I wake up from her punching me in the face, I, 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 I remind her, that, that, I, that I, really, I really consider myself being pretty average when it comes to snarks, but there, there, there's just one quality that I know that has helped me fight through my, my, my natural stupidity, and I have that. There, there's been one quality that has helped me fight through my natural stupidity, and, and it's given me an advantage over a lot of people simply for the fact I'm curious. I walk around in this world, I'm curious. I, I look at things and I still, instead of saying, what for, I say, what if? You, 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 ever, you ever meet people, they're just, what for? Well, you, you, know, you need to go pray for that prayer. You need, you need to be a light. Well, what for? Well, you know what? You, you need to stand in the gap right now for your family. You know, I, know they're, I know they're wrecked. I know they're messed up. But you, well, what for? Rather than saying, what if? Oh, this is good preaching. What if? What if I stepped in that person's life? Listen, what, 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 I, what I do think, listen, I, I wrote this. What I do think, there, there are folks who are naturally smart I do believe studies shall show us that they, they keep being smart by being curious. It's, it's just like a natural loop. They are smart and they're curious. They're curious and they get smarter. You, you, it's, it's like what Proverbs, I put this for Proverbs 25 and 2. It is the glory of God to control, to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. Have you ever stopped and realized how much God has concealed in this world within living cells and living things and the atoms? And over the century, much of what we enjoy in this culture today, human beings have been gradually able to gradually search out and discover, coming understand upon, you know, hundreds of years of, of many great things that God has revealed to us. And, and part, that's the reason why part of that is we have to remain curious. When was the last time you looked at something out of curiosity rather than unbelief? You looked at someone out of curiosity rather than, I don't know, man, I tell you what, or what if? What, what, what might God still be trying to reveal to us? Listen, when, when, you, when you look at some of the inventions, what, listen, let me just give you just a few. Josephine Cochran. She invented the dishwasher in 1986, okay? Josephine invented the dishwasher. You, you know why she invented the dishwasher? Out of curiosity, she loved parties. She would have parties, and she would have people come, and she would have servants. And servants kept break, breaking her nice plates. 
And out of curiosity, she wondered, is there a way to get my plates clean without losing so many? Out of curiosity, she invented the dishwasher. Wow. Yeah, some of you, wow, okay. Yeah. Alexander Fleming, listen to this. He discovered penicillin. You know, you know what, how that came about? He returned to his lab. He had been away from his lab during the holiday break. He found a dish on the counter with, with, that, with a mold. He found, uh, he found a dish with a moldy bacteria growing in it. But to his surprise, there was a small amount of green mold that was destroying the rest of the mold. Out of curiosity, he isolated that green mold. He extracted the bacteria-destroying substance from the mold, and he later called it penicillin. And how many lives has penicillin saved or helped? And it came out of, rather than, when I opened the refrigerator and something molded, I'd walk right to the trash, dump it, right? Come on, unless I've been mistakenly and just bit into it first like I did some cheese the other day and somebody say as cheese get older it's better believe me it's not it's not that green stuff isn't supposed to be eaten but but out of curiosity instead of him throwing it away listen do, do you know do you know what was the the what was the the, the one invention that came up through our culture that started reducing Fights and arguments between doctors and patients was the thermometer. Prior to, prior to Daniel Fahrenheit, him venting the mercury th thermometer, the doctors would tell whether or not a person had a temperature by putting their hand on their forehead. But when, when, uh, when uh, Daniel invented the, the thermometer, the, the doctors began very... Uh, very argumentative because they preferred putting their hands on the patient's head rather than sticking an instrument in their mouth, and yet they argued with each other about it, but yet they couldn't find out the thermometer tell. You know, you know most people feel the earlobes, they go for the belly button, not like the thermometer, right? Come on. When I grew up, mom used to use the, not the mouth one, but the other one. It wasn't fun. It wasn't, just use your hand, mom. I think I got a temperature. What 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 are you saying? Listen. What 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 I'm what I'm what I'm challenging the church. Here's here's what I feel the Holy Spirit tell. What I'm challenging the church with. What what might what might be some new discoveries or some new things that God is going to challenge us with as a church as 2023 comes to a close and we move into 2024. If we ask, how can it be out of curiosity rather than unbelief? How can it be? We start a North Campus. How can it be? We, we, we open up our Sunshine Center. How can it be? We pay cash for the. How can it be? And we ask that out of curiosity rather than how, how, how can it be? Well, how, how can that be? I mean, really? I mean, really? $15 million? Really? How can that be? You follow me? So what's it? Let me, let me give you some curiosity thoughts real quickly. Curiosity makes our minds active instead of passive. Again, curious people ask questions and they search for answers. Their minds are active. Since the mind, now what's the, the mind is a muscle which becomes stronger through the continual exercising. The mental exercising caused by curiosity makes our minds stronger and stronger. Strong-willed, strong mind. Sometimes strong-willed has been wrongly identified. This is a strong-minded person. This is a curious person. How many kids get into trouble sometimes because of the, the of their curiosity? They just don't want to follow the norm. They just don't want to do the same thing. Let everybody march it. They they're curious. They 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 see things that everybody else misses sometimes. Dr. Diane Hamilton, author, she, she wrote a book, Cracking the Curiosity Code. She says this, as we get older, now watch this, as we get older, some of us in this room, we're getting older. We're not old, but we're getting older. As we get older, fear, assumptions, technology, and environment all 
erode our curiosity. Curiosity gets shut down. We see it all the time with churches. We see it all the time right now with churches. What's the dominant emotion that churches have since, uh, since COVID happened is simply fear and assumptions that's caused us to stop being curious. Our minds have got mushy and weak, and it's related to our faith. Our faith is mushy and weak. We don't want to stand up and proclaim and declare that my God is a healer. I can be healed from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I want to stand on his promises that he's my deliverer. I don't have to stay bound up. I don't have to stay. I don't have to go through four steps, five steps, nine steps. I can go one step to Jesus and he can radically change my life. <laughs> Believing that out of curiosity, not out of unbelief, keeps our mind active. Curiosity makes our mind observant of new ideas. When we're curious about something, our mind expects and anticipates new ideas that we're, we've never seen before what Mary's saying, wait a minute, this has never happened. There's, there's, not, there's not something in the Old Testament I can read about how to do, this, this, is, this, is, this is one for the books. This is new. Be it under Mary. How can this be? I, I just got to sit back. See, what happens with some of us without Curious hearts and minds, ideas pass right in front of us and we miss it. Because our mind does not exercise and recognize it. Then listen, that's what sets this church aside from so many churches. We, we, listen, we are exercising our mind and our faith in what if, not what for. Am I preaching to anybody here today? There's a lot of churches that say, what for do any ministry to kids and youth the way this church does? What for spend all of our budget, so much budget on kids and youth? What for do something for the disability kid? What for? This is the church that says, what if? What if we invest? One of the very first things we did 23 years ago, as soon as this church started having a little bit of ample growth, is we hired, hired us a youth Pastor, Pastor Rob. Pastor Rob had all of his uniqueness, his quirkness. But let me tell you what Pastor Rob had. He had a love for kids. And kids that started coming in. John Kittlevoss is one of them. You, you came in not too long after Pastor Rob. John, John, John Kittlevoss, our executive pastor, family pastor here, came in. Why? Because this church says, what if? What if? What if we hired somebody who intentionally went after our kids and our youth. And we've got kids that have grown up in this church. They're married. Some of them moved away. Some stayed here. They're having their own family. Now, we've, we've got uh, second and third. I don't know if we got any fourth generations yet, but we're probably getting close. Having four generations in this church. And again, this is not a church that's going to let, listen, there's a lot of churches that had four generations 40, 50 years ago, but let me tell you what happened. They stopped asking what if, and they lost the next generation. Well, I'm preaching pretty good today. Listen, curiosity makes our mind active, not passive, keeps us observant. It opens up new worlds and possibilities. By being curious, we're able to see new worlds and possibilities which are not normally visible to others. Often they're hidden behind the surface of normal life. And it takes the curious mind. Again, go back to 20, Proverbs 25 and 2. The glory of the kings is to search things out. We look beneath the surface and we discover. Now, this is a possibility here. This is something that we can do. When we went down to North Chatsen, listen, there, listen we, we didn't have any churches battling with us or fighting with us or competition saying, we want to plant a church in North Chatsen. We want to do There wasn't nobody wanting to go to that community except this church says, what if? What if? What if we went down there and, and out of the what if 
We have 175, 200 kids, youth, adults at any given week in that, in that campus today birthed out of this church that just simply said, well, what if? We were doing campus planning, church, uh, churches affiliated, ch- uh, campuses affiliated with the mother. We were doing it like we do it when nobody else was doing it. Now there's other churches mimicking what we do. Why? Because we simply said, what if? Not what for, what for? I, I love this church. I love the board that was serving at that time. I didn't have one board member look around and say, well, well Pastor Phil, what for? What, what for are we going to go with? That's 30 miles away. What for? Not one of them said that. Now, they might have said it underneath the breath, but didn't say it out loud. Let's just say that one. No, they, that, we, we had visionary God. We've always had visionary God. And I, I'm challenging you today as a church to understand that this is a culture that God has left us in for a reason to say, listen, how can this be out of curiosity, not out of unbelief? Curiosity brings excitement into our life. The life of a curious people are, is far from boring. It's not dull to be a curious person. You don't get bogged down in routine. There's always new things that, 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 that move us into excitement. Number five. Oh, that's, that's number four right there. So that's it. It brings excitement. Come on, Pastor Lindsay. I got I to gotta hurry. So, so, so what, what do we do? What, how can we? Mary said, how can this be? I'm asking that question right now. So how do I cultivate this healthy, healthy sense of curiosity? I got to keep an open mind. You know why a lot of churches die? Our minds close. Vision closes. Hey, we're paying our bills. We got some money in the bank. Pastor can do this. We got a few volunteers doing that. Close our minds, sit down on our blessed assurance. Let's wait for Jesus to come. No, this church doesn't do that. Some of you right now, you got to. To accept the fact that God, regardless of your age, regardless of your spiritual experience and on this journey, you, I want you to accept the fact that God is looking for men and women just like he was looking for Mary. and said, I'm just looking for somebody who will say, let it be to me as you have spoken it to me. It's okay to ask, how can this be? But we have to keep an open mind. The Holy Spirit spoke to me this week and said, I've got I've to be open to learn, unlearn, and relearn. I have to unlearn what I think I know so I can learn what I need to know. You follow me? And, and, and that's a challenge for some of, some of you spiritually. Listen, God's put you into a place. He's given, he's given you a bigger picture of his kingdom. He's showing you a bigger picture of how his power and his spirit wants to operate in your life through the Holy Spirit. And some of you don't understand everything about the Holy Spirit because you don't understand everything about the Holy Spirit. You're, you simply say, how can this be out of unbelief? God said, I wanted you to change that. How can this be out of curiosity? And if we have to learn, unlearn, and sometimes relearn. I've, I've discovered over the 52, 53 years of ministry, there, there are some things that, that I thought I knew that was wrong. There, there were some things that I, that I thought was right, come to find out they were wrong. And, and, and one of them is, is putting God in a box that God has to do it this way at this moment and this time and, and realize if it doesn't come this way, that, then we don't do it. What? How many, how many years has our preschool been operating? 12? 11, 11 years. 11 years ago. We had in our heart to say, you know what? There's a need of, of preschool in this community. There's a need. There was others, but the faith-based side of it, there was a need. But in the, in the process of, of trying to meet that need, we also understood that time was going to change 
that everything we get, every the funds that we need to fund the vision of this church, it isn't all going to come in on a Sunday morning, morning uh, offering plate. I, again, every study says if every Christian tithed, there'd be, there'd be no lack in, in the kingdom of God. Here's the actual truth. Every Christian don't tithe. So you know what we did? We created a... A, a, a revenue side of our preschool that is going to meet a need, a spiritual need first, a family need, but also it will bring revenue into our kids' ministry that would allow our kids' ministry to grow. And it has grown over the last 11 years. But that was a revenue. It took somebody being curious. When we started going to online giving, you know how that came? came out of curiosity. Listen, things are changing. Everybody's not carrying checks anymore. Anybody here still use a check besides people that's 50 years old and older, maybe? That we still write. Oh, there's a young person who writes a check. We're going to have a check writing class. We may let you teach it. Some kids don't know, but we, we listen, I'm, I'm, just tell, I'm just giving you some examples, letting you understand what's happening. And some of this is going on in your life. You've got to understand some things that you think are problems or issues or troubles or obstacles. You've got to look at it with a curious mind. You've got to stay open. Again, Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. I love, I love what Earthen, Earthen Kit said. She said this. I'm learning all the time. Now, what's this? My tombstone will be my diploma. I like that. When, 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 when I'm dead and my tombstone has been put up, that's my final uh, diploma. Until then, I never stop learning. Here's the second thing. Don't take things as given. Never take things as given. If we just accept the world as it is without trying to go deeper into it, we, we risk losing our holy curiosity. We have to make sure we don't take things for, for granted. Dig deeper beneath the surface around us. Sometimes it's seeing things as if we're seeing it for the very first time. Let me tell on myself. I was having a conversation this week, and this guy was, was, was telling me his problems, his issues. His problems and his issues, I've heard them a thousand times through other people because they're common stuff. They're common struggles that a lot of our young men have in our culture today with all the hurts and the habits that, 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 that they acquire. And he's talking to me. He's pouring out his heart to me. And I'm sitting there, and I'm letting my mind float away. And the Holy Spirit grabbed me, just, just almost like it shook me and said, you've got to learn how to listen and see things as if it's the first time you've ever heard it or saw it. Because this person's different. I submit to you that the way culture is going some of our Christmas conversations, some of our meetings, some of our gatherings, some of our moments going forward. Listen, for some of us, instead of us going to that table and going to that room and thinking, I'm going to hear the same story, I'm going to hear the same sob, I'm going to hear the same, you know, excuse or whatever, instead of us going into it with, with this idea, with this concept that, that it's going to be the same thing, what if we said, God, this year I'm going to look at things as if I see it for the first time? I hear it for the very first time. What might God do? Number three, ask questions relentlessly. Ask the what questions, the why questions, the when questions, the who questions, the where questions, the how questions. The questions are the best friends of curious people. We have to, we have to be willing to question. Number four, don't label something as boring. You know what I've noticed in my life? When I label something as boring, then, then what, what happens is that so many times I, I close the door to new possibilities. Again, I'll be honest with you. I was coming into this Christmas season, and we, we knew we was going to do the, the, the Sunshine Center Choir. That was going to be our main focus. Pastor Lindsay, a lot of our volunteers spent a lot of time. Miss Rhonda, a lot of effort put, putting that all together, even though we only had a few practices and I started going into this Christmas season as if, well, you know, we're just going to try to keep a theme all, all month and just kind of hang out there and, and just kind of glide this thing down. 
and I, I, really, I really felt the Holy Spirit challenge me. He said, some of the last few questions that you're going to deal with are going to be life-changing questions for some people. How can I believe this to be true, Zechariah? Mary said, how can this thing be? How can it happen? Staying curious. Mike Dolan said this. Anticipate the day as if it was your birthday and you are turning six again. <laughs> Woo! Anybody remember their sixth birthday? Anybody remember any birthday? <laughs> but what if, what if we anticipated that today's our birthday and we're excited and we're, we're, we're turning this age? Number five, see learning is something fun. Don't see it as a burden. If you think learning is a burden and not fun, then you'll never dig deeper into those situations. We've got staff right now that are getting bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, Pastor Matt, Pastor James, John. They're, they're working on some stuff, and, and, and they got all their ministry stuff. They got all their family stuff. And, and you know, you, some of you that know going to school and trying to work, it, it can sometimes, it can absolutely, it can seem like a burden, right? Come on. But I challenged them, said, listen, don't, don't see this as a burden. See it as fun. See it that you're, you're opening your mind to new things. You're, you're expanding yourself. Walt Disney said this one last thing. He said, keep moving forward, opening new doors, doing new things. Your curiosity will lead you down to the path of many great things. So what's the application? Here's how I want to close this message today. I love this church, and I... I love, I love where we've come from. I love where we're at. I love even more where God is taking us. And I, I want to make sure that I do my best to deposit in people around me, my staff, uh, our, our people that volunteer. I want to make sure I deposit within them the, the curious mind that looks at the world and looks at our problems and look at our struggles and look at the thing and say, God, help us to ask the question, how will this be? Help us to ask it out of curiosity, not of unbelief. So my, my application question is just two. Where could you lean into curiosity in your own life? Where is it God going to ask you to lean into it in your own life? It might be in your business. It might be in your relationship. Or can you lean into that? And secondly, how might God be calling us to be curious these days? How might God be calling us to looking at the people that he's put us around in our sphere of influence? Instead of looking to them out of unbelief, look at them out of curiosity. Oh, what might be. What could be. What can be of this person's life, this person's gift. Again, out of curiosity, Mary said, how will this be for I'm a virgin? And then the last phrase that she used in verse 38, she said, I am here. Everybody say, I am here. I am here, the Lord's servant. And then she said, let it happen for me, just as you said. Wow. And Jesus came. Because one little 13, 14-year-old girl, out of curiosity, said, how can this be? But listen, ultimately, Lord, let it happen just as you've said. Come on, I want you to stand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love this church. I, I love, we've got so many great youth in this church and that's coming up in this church, our kids. We've got so many awesome moms and dads. We've got some of us that's moving into the silver time of our lives. But let me tell you, I want to remind you, this is some of the best times of our lives. And I'm asking God, God, help us to lean in to curiosity in our own life. What have you been feeling that God's put on your heart this year? The 2023 is about done. You're about to go into 2024. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I sat in a room a few months ago. We had a music 
person from Northwest Indiana. They have a whole program for disability kids as the parents sit around the table and, and uh, they're talking about music. Then all of a sudden I said, what, what if, what if we did a Christmas presentation concert with disability kids? Oh, that's, that's never happened. They, you, 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 they, that's never been done in Northwest Indiana. Well, now it has. That has. We did it. First one. First one, we did it. We did it. And there was, only, there was only one or two that was in our group that had disabilities that was out. Maybe, I take it back because we had some from Wanata and, and Valpo. So, so maybe, maybe out of the 20 plus that we had, we only had maybe less than five that was actually from this church. Everybody else was out away from this church. And parents hugging us Friday night said, the Dr. Phil, just thank you so much for, this meant so much to my child. What if? What is it God's going to challenge you to lean into in 2024 this year? There, there's some things that God put in some of your people's heart. He's put it there. And out of curiosity, we got young people right here, some young guys. God's got to call a ministry on their life. They, they, they don't know all the answers. They don't know how, how, how it's all going to come together yet. But you know what? Out of curiosity, they're showing up. They're serving. Some of these guys will be here early night. They're setting up. They're taking the load off of Pastor Matt, Pastor John, with some of that. So some of these guys are leading small group. Listen, out of curiosity, what is, what is God going to call you to lean into? So here's my challenge today to pray. If you're in this house and you... And you're looking at your circumstances. I don't care if it's a physical or, or, or a financial or relational or spiritual. If you're looking at your circumstance and you're saying, how can this be out of unbelief? I want to challenge you today. Repent of that unbelief. Say, God, forgive me of not believing that all things are possible with you. And then out of that repentance of unbelief, give forth the challenge. Say, God, by faith, I want to be curious to say, how I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But God, with you all things are possible. Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at Pastor Phil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.